Hello, and welcome back to Warped, the completely unnecessary Star Trek podcast, where we provide live audio commentary tracks to Star Trek The Next Generation episodes. My name is Matt. I'm Sean. I'm Jake. Aaron. Minwin. I'm A. Yes. And we are watching, what are we watching? <laughs> Season 3, episode 12. 12. Yeah. The high ground. The high ground. Oh yeah. You may have Let's caught last there. week's episode. We were right. talking about this week's episode a lot. Yeah, <laughs> listen to last week. You've already heard. You've already heard most of the things we have we're to going say to talk about, about this week's episode. Uh-oh, or if you were listening to last week's episode, you may have skipped to this week's episode because we were talking about it so much. In which case, good on you. Uh, yeah, fine. Correct choice. <laughs> How much time is on the clock, John? We got 45 minutes and 52 seconds on the clock, and I'm punching the triangle in three, two, one, punch. Yeah. Let's do this. Now it's working. That's what so, we're talking about. Producer Jake edited out the last five minutes. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty good material. It's pretty scintillating. Uh, Here we go. I like the I like the police uniforms. Ooh. They they went to Judge Dredd for the the helmets. Yeah, what they've the got heck? some fancy space helmets on. I mean, I wouldn't call them fancy. <laughs> we take real good care of our heads, but on our legs, sweats. I like that they have a food court. That's cool. Oh, uh, yeah. So last week okay. we talked about how it was mostly a metaphor for uh, sort of Vietnam War veterans and how you okay. treat your soldiers when they come back from war. This episode is uh, almost too explicitly about Northern Ireland. Yes, it's absolutely uh, about. You can tell it was done in the late eighties because it's it's all about the troubles. And in fact, the point where the guy uh, is named Finn, like the main <laughs> guy, like they're not trying to be subtle about it. They're like, oh, these There's are Irish. A, a, these are space Irish, is what these are. They don't have Irish uh, accents. That's about no. the only thing they didn't. Thank <laughs> the God. only trick they didn't pull. Mm. This I guess when they, I guess actually, they did that before the they did that with the cow with the cow ladies they didn't figure they could right, get yeah. away with that again. They uh, this episode uh, is actually was originally banned <gasps> in the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland wow. because they talk about the IRA and the reunification of Ireland. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's the it's the two reels and a fake. Yes, that's the two reels of the fake. Except yeah. the second is not a reel, though. It's also <laughs> it's a re- you're saying it's a reel and two fakes. This is no- this is unprecedented. It's like <laughs> I thought I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll get there. But we'll anyways, we'll yes, this the the British the British government did not appreciate it. The first time it was shown in Britain was in 2006. Oh, wow. wow. Interesting. It usually just gets skipped when it's running, when they do the running order. You know, it's. I I guess they must just not have wanted any portrayal at all. Because I would not, I would not call this a pro terrorist episode. Like they're, they're pretty, they're pretty much not on the side of the rebels in this episode. Like, they're sympathetic to the cause, maybe, but Picard no. has yeah, no attack. like. Yeah. Well, they realize no only, for their for their tactics. Like, yeah, the only thing is that he realizes that they are making it unfair by only supplying the one side 
Sure, but he didn't even know they were doing that until right. they got there. Right, that, that's what he realizes eventually. Oh, yeah, more fighting, a lot of fighting. They took what? Beverly. Beverly's been kidnapped. Bastards. This is a Beverly episode, you guys. Well, that's fun. It is fun. She's great in it, too. Yeah. Those, Thank uh, you for watching yeah. Season 3, Episode 12, The High Ground, original air date January 27th, 1990. While visiting a planet under civil war, Dr. Crusher is taken hostage by an opposing faction of the planet's ruling government. Aaron, what do you think the IMDb rating of this episode is? 7.2. Oh, wow. Strong. All right. 7.4. 7. Seven. You did not say that with the conviction you said last week. <laughs> nope. And take but, note. But it did is. you watch this one? Yeah. Okay. So you didn't like it that but as much as you liked last week's. Uh, nah. It didn't hit as hard. Fair enough. But I think Sean drew our attention to the fact that uh, May always votes seven. Yeah, but sometimes yeah, but she does it. Sometimes she just says it's it. not. How, it's not what she votes. It's how she votes. Uh, that's right. Votes, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. You can hear the disdain I, in her voice. And she I, said I liked this one. I'm going to say seven. What's the highest bid so far? Seven, two. I'm going to say seven, six. I said seven, four, I think. Oh. All right. Okay. Win, win. <laughs> just to oh, cover I my pieces. One? Yeah, one. You are correct, sir. It's 6.8. Yeah. Nice. I was going to say 6.5, but I you just want to them all. Mm. It's better. I think it's better than a 6.8. Yeah. I like that Beverly gets a lot to do in this one. That's probably why the nerdos don't like it, because the woman's involved <laughs> in the storyline. Yeah, you could be right about that. Oh. Did you? <laughs> I could be right about that. <laughs> I, yeah, you could be right about that. I, I meant what I said. <laughs> yeah, that's how Matt is. He's a straight shooter. It's not how he says it. It's what he says. <laughs> do you guys know that you guys don't spend as much time on Twitter as I do, but you guys know that gif of uh, Nene from Real Housewives where she goes, I said what I said. That's what I. That's what I was. That's what I uh, meant right then. Okay, you'll have to send it in chat. That'd be, yeah, that'd be. (laughs) Oh, the other interesting episode. Other thing about this episode that's interesting: first episode of the Star Trek franchise written and directed by a woman. Oh, Ah, cool! Written by Melinda M. Snodgrass and directed by Gabrielle Beaumont. The only yeah. other Star Trek episode to be completely written and directed by women is Exile, which I think is a is probably Voyager episode, 2003. So there's only two, you say? Yep. I I also like how this <laughs> one is uh, focused on Dr. Crusher. No, I'll bet that doesn't include the new ones. I'll bet that's only through, like, mm-hmm. uh, the Scott Bakula one, Enterprise. Yeah, the new ones are. And both of those people were like very prolific Star Wars. You know, Melinda Snodgrass. Yeah, I see her one. name on. The there set. are other there are other episodes where a woman was the director yeah. and a woman was one of the writers. No, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying that both of those people separately have done right. a no, lot I know, of I know. Star Trek. 
because Gabrielle Beaumont, who directed this one, she's she directs a lot of these episodes too. It's getting the combo. Mm-hmm. Is the Star Trek with uh, Scott Bakula the least popular one? Well, it ran the shortest of the mm. newer of the new shows. So it was sort probably. of like five years after Voyager, or was it less than that? I think it was right. I think it was maybe the same year that Voyager ended. Like it was. What was that I series that, called? It was called Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, this called I yeah. Think, I think that show suffered from Star Trek oh. fatigue because yeah, Star Trek had been shows. on. Oh, Star Trek had been on in <laughs> one form or another years. for yeah since '87, and so I think there was just people were like, "Oh, it's just another Star Trek show." Yeah. So interesting. I mean, it ran four seasons. It wasn't like it was a flop, but it, I don't think it ever caught on the way the other shows did. Because I know the Voyager one with uh, Kate. Kate Mulgrew, um, but sure. I very rarely think about the Scott Bakula one. And, and when you brought it up, Sean, I was like, oh, yeah, that that is a Star Trek series. It sure is. If you can it say sure one is. thing about it, it is a Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> Is it any any good? Is it uh, just, yeah, it's sort of like. Uh, I, never, I was never all that into it, so I haven't seen that much of it. I, watched, I think like, I think, I, I think when that came on, I was not uh, yeah. watching a lot of television in general. Well, it'll uh, be interesting to to watch it with you the, with the warp crew then. Yeah, we... in in ten years we'll be getting <laughs> to Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, maybe one of us will have passed away by then. Who knows? Damn. Damn. One hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I pray for it every day. But... <laughs> sweet, sweet death for my release. <laughs> sweet release. Not uh, another warped episode to do. No, I love doing warped. I missed you guys. I have yeah, missed yeah. you. Yeah, for sure. Been a couple been weeks, so weeks yeah. Since you recorded. So I'm yeah. happy to hear you guys again. Um, do you want a quick plot summary? Yes, People please. have not seen this episode. So there's a there's a sort of uh, terrorist slash rebel faction on this planet, depending on I guess depending on who you ask, Sorry. what your point of view is. But there's this sort of rebellious faction. Uh, they're the ones who kidnapped uh, Doctor Crusher, mm-hmm. and this woman is in charge of security for the other for like the main like government of this planet Mm -hmm. and it's all like i said it's all a sort of northern ireland uh metaphor so it's all about this like sort of ongoing uh battle between these two between the government and the rebels and the rebels because they are overmatched and and overpowered uh kind of resort to terroristic you know they they they're the ones who blew up that bomb at the very beginning of the episode Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So they do things like bomb, you know, innocent people. So, people. And kill people and kill innocent people. Yeah. I mean, they admit that they kill innocent people. So they've but they have they only have really one advantage, which is they have this magic transporter that's better than all the other transporters. And it can beam anywhere, even if you've got shields or whatever. Oh, like, wow. But the problem it's with... it's completely undetectable own, as well. And it's completely undetectable. So it's like their one trick is that they can jump in, cause a lot of chaos, and then jump back out, right, before anybody even knows they were there, basically. But, but the downside to it is that it fucks you up 
physically. So every time they use it, they get a little bit slowly sick. killing them. Eventually, it will kill them. Uh, but they don't really have any other like weapons at their disposal. So they're using this this uh, transporter, even though they know that it's yeah. causing. They've kidnapped Dr. Crusher because they need a doctor because their people are dying from using this magic transporter that they have. So they've kidnapped her on purpose because they need her to help them. Hmm. So that's what this episode is about. This actor's name is Richard Cox. And what do we know him from? Good old Dick Cox. Yeah. He's in cruising. Yeah, because he's yeah, like, he is the Al Pacino movie where he plays oh, a yeah. gay guy to stop a transsexual murderer or something like that. Yeah. Doesn't he kind of have the same vibe as the soldier dude in the previous episode? No, it's pretty. I feel like it. He absolutely does. He, he, he this guy feels sassier. These two episodes, last week and this week. Uh, are all remarkably similar to the point that you kind of wish they had maybe spread them out yeah. a little like, more. It <laughs> so seemed like it would have been an easy decision to do that, but no. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there were production reasons. Maybe they didn't have a choice and they, yeah. it was the episode that was ready to go that week. So they, that's the one they put out, but yeah. uh, it, it definitely was a little bit repetitive watching this one. Uh, but right come after. on, look at this! Look at this shot on uh, Doctor Crusher. We didn't get that last show, last episode. That's good. Well, that is one thing that this episode has over the last episode. There's a lot more Beverly involved. Yes. Yeah. Last week was Troy was sort of was, the person was who Troy, yeah. Troy was sort of a beauty shot. Troy like was that. sort of the the point of view character last week. Like she was mm-hmm. the one sort of arguing for the side of the rebels, and then this week it's Beverly. Although she never really sides with, them. I mean, she. No, she's like, look, she's sympathetic to their problems, but like, she also does not agree. People. Yeah, she doesn't agree exactly. with their tactics at all. Yeah. One of the other things that's going on too is, if I remember correctly, the Federation has a dream, uh, deal with they're selling weapons to the 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 non rebels, the main people on the planet. No, 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 not weapons, like medical, medical supplies. supplies. Oh, medical supplies. Okay, yeah. they're, but they're yeah. still. They're not giving the same thing to the rebels. Well, they don't know that the rebels exist. Like when they get there, they're they're coming. They're coming because they've received a request for like emergency medical supplies. So they've come up to this. They've come to this planet to bring these people like relief aid, but they don't know anything about the war. Like they don't find that out until they get down there. Well, that's not entirely true because right because. Picard in the opening does talk about the fact that there's this civil war going on, but they don't they don't know much about the the other side of the war. Can I point out that uh, her jacket that she had on before had mad shoulders, and now her shirt underneath has mad shoulders? I mean, it was the eighties. We talked yeah, about yeah. this all the time. Shoulders. Now I just want Can to imagine I point her... out that for some reason she's got Data's arm behind her. What? Oh, what is oh, that? It's a chair. Yeah, it's a chair. It's just, <laughs> it's just really far, far away. away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's got the cool furniture. Man. Come on. Yeah. Actually, she's got a David Bowie vibe going on right now. But um, yeah, I, those the, they they really like those shoulders uh, on that planet. Maybe they give off a sense of power. 
Has anyone I here think... rocked suspenders in their life? <gasps> oh, I yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Really? Yep. My what mid, kind? What were you up to? It was, he was going through his morgue phase. <laughs> nice. I would get like the fancy ones too that you needed to get buttons put on the trousers. Oh, to, wow. Yeah, it was pants. all that It was all that hipster swing music bullshit that was happening in the <laughs> 90s. Yeah. Everyone was going to the derby. But I did like the suspenders. Everyone was dressing like they were hepcats from the yeah. 1940s. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have any suspenders, Sean? I don't think so. I think they've all disappeared. Yeah. All disappeared. When I moved from the Rose Avenue apartment to live with my wife, mm. a lot of things got left behind. And I believe the suspenders were a part of that. <laughs> some things were no longer allowed in the house. <laughs> and I have to believe those were some of them. Don't dox yourself now, Sean. You're gonna, yeah, whoever edits this, you're going to have to bleep that out. You know, don't Don't let them hunt you down. Oh, okay. The suspenders people. <laughs> yeah. All of the people will uh, will eventually uh, anger and upset. <laughs> sure, big suspenders. You think they're going to be able <laughs> yeah. to find where I am now by big, going starting hey, at the Rose Avenue apartments? Yeah. Big cat, big cat as well. We were talking about big cat earlier. They've got yeah. they've got ears. Yeah, they've got ears. They've Sandwich. got cat like ears. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. All right. Where's the rim shot now, Matt? Sorry, I wasn't ready for it. I can't make the joke and do my own like <laughs> give your own rim shot. Too much work. Yeah, you're asking a lot. Come on. I think that this episode, what I like about this episode as opposed to last week's, even though they're very similar, is that this episode is a little more uh kind of ambivalent about who the good guys and the bad guys are. Like they don't they don't solve the problem in this episode, you know. Well, they didn't do like, it in the last episode either. Yeah, but you got the sense from Picard that like they picked a side, right? Yeah, they clearly picked the side. Okay. I mean, they clearly picked the side of the rebels. Yeah. In this episode, it's a little more like it's a little more ambivalent, which I thought was interesting. Star Trek is usually so black and white, you know, when it's on its moral episodes. Mm. This is also, speaking of Wesley Crusher, there he is. Yes. This is kind of a Wesley Saves the Ship episode. He doesn't <sighs> save the ship, but he does solve the trans. He comes up with the idea that solves Nuclear the transport vibration. problem. So, so are you going to mark it for him? Watching, well, that's, why I'm, that's what I'm asking. Is I'm asking all of you. Because while I was watching this, I was like, this is kind of Wesley saving the day. Like... What do you guys think, those of you who watched this? Do we count this as a Wesley Saves the Day episode? I mean, he plays a part. He's he, he, doing it right now. During that mm -hmm. part. Yeah, wait there, if, huh? that's, if that's enough to, for you, then I'm cool with it. <laughs> sure. I mean, he does kind of crack the problem. He's doing it right now. Oh, yeah. I say it, I say it counts. We always said we were going to be judicious about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm going to mark it down. Well yeah. done, Wesley. What does that put us up to? Um, I don't know because I don't three? have the post it right Oh, you don't have your post it. Oh, no. It's way more than three. Oh, uh, it's way much. It's okay. way more. I guess that it's eight, nine, maybe now. <laughs> we're probably in the eight ish range. Oh, wow. Which over three seasons, you know, is not really that many. But, oh, uh, but, but considering, like, he's not a major main character, right? It's not bad. Yeah, they all have skunk patches. That's the transporter yep. die. Got it. 
No, they all have it. I don't even. Yeah. That's just well, not transport. Order. No, it's just the style of the day. Mm. <laughs> it's like the man. those shoulders. I thought it was to show the they were slowly dying before their time. No, because the other people yeah. have it too. That's but. true. That's Do you think true. her and Riker uh, hit it off? No, in fact, they kind of they kind of don't date each other. Like, yeah, but they still no, get they're it. just like. He doesn't agree with her text. This is very much a OU Federation. You're so naive. You don't understand what it's like to have a real problem kind of episode. Like, yeah. Mike Riker's like, why are you arresting those children? And the lady's like, child you're uh, in yeah. And she's like, the last bomb that went off, a kid blew it. A kid was the one who did it. So, yeah, we're investigating the children too. Yeah. Do they show her helper kid yet? That's yeah, cool. they did. Yeah, I I knew I recognized the kid. Oh man, he's is this from, guy falling in love? Sorry. He's from Don't Tell the Mom Babysitter's Dead. Oh, oh. the brother in the family that Christina Applegate is like the older sister of. Is he? Huh. You know, I thought he looked familiar, and I didn't know where from. But it can't be from that because I I don't think I've ever seen that movie. He's in Point Break. <laughs> oh, maybe it's Point Break. That's where I know knew his face from. I was like, that's that's a kid from somewhere. <laughs> he was on Sequest DSV. Uh, I did watch that back in the day. I like that show. I did too. There was a a guy from Indio High School on that show that was like. The big deal about it around the homes around Indio is that Marco Sanchez, hometown boy, was on a series. Uh, Got on a Steven Spielberg series. Yeah. Uh, how long did it run? Like two, three seasons? Uh, a season, I think. Oh, just a season. Hmm. I, think. I think it might have been a little more than that, but not. It you wasn't so? that much. Yeah, I think it was two or three, but I could be wrong. I mean, what was it uh, like? Deep Sea. Steven Spielberg was just obsessed with it like. It was. Water. It was underwater uh, Star Trek. Oh. Yeah, it was Star Trek, except they were uh, they were in the ocean. They weren't uh, in outer space. Mm-hmm. Roy Scheider from Jaws was the star of it, <laughs> and they had a talking. It had a oh, it had a talking dolphin. <laughs> and it had a Wesley. Uh, it, that show had a total West. Yeah, it was Jonathan Brandeis. Yeah, Brandeis. Yeah, Jonathan Brandeis. Yeah. I am in love with the idea of a talking dolphin. <laughs> is Brad. it as good as it sounds or no? They, no, they it's awesome. Ma- yeah. <laughs> he was Jonathan Brandeis's best friend. It was amazing. Yeah, he would talk to him. Who played the voice of the talking dolphin? Do you guys remember? No, he would just make that. I love you. <laughs> it was like robot. Yeah, it was like robot voice sound. So it was the data. The DS, the Sequest ran from 93 to 96. Uh-huh. Three seasons, season, 57 yeah. episodes. Okay. Uh-huh. You didn't yes. give them a lot of credit there, Sean. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> 57 episodes, not bad. It did star Roy Scheider, Peter DeLuise, Michael DeLuise. And then we remember when, we remember when um, Steven Spielberg opened that submarine-themed restaurant at the Century City Mall? <laughs> yes, Dive. It was called Dive. I don't. And it was a big. I, it had a big, huge yellow submarine sticking out inside of something. <laughs> you went there a lot, Sean, or a, Not a lot? But like they had these great French fries with all these <laughs> super cool dipping sauces. They yeah. had all those drawers with water in them. Tons of drawers with water. <laughs> they had a lot of drawers with water in. And them. they had like it was all like sub sandwiches. Was the 
Uh-huh. Like the main thing <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that was sort of their scary. hook on the yeah. menu. The every whole... like half an hour, they would go. The lights would start flickering and everything, and then oh, you, like the light would start going. Dive, dive, dive. <laughs> Why did it go out of business? Yeah. It was. <laughs> I go. I tried to keep it in business, Aaron. <laughs> trust. Me. All right. I did my part. What were you doing? I've not been part of the country. But. I'm sending a picture to you guys. Oh no, this is a li- the, the, sending a picture to you of the um the the front of the yeah, yeah. of the of dive. Oh, the, uh, the oh my city god, mall. that looks awesome! It was at the Century City Mall. It was it was it was when it was during that era of like very gimmicky restaurants, yeah, sure. like like, like, the like, you would go, like you would go to Ed DeBevick's and they would yeah, they dance did. on. Oh the, yeah, I remember Ed DeBevick's. You have places, you know, places like Rainforest Cafe where it's yeah. Yes. Like mm-hmm. So Dive's gimmick was that it was submarine themed, and oh. so what they served, what Sean said, was they served submarine sandwiches. That was like the thing, and they had really good fries with the dipping, the different dipping sauces. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and and it was like a little show. It was heavily, heavily themed, like a Disneyland oh, restaurant. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You went in and it was the whole thing looked like you were in a submarine. And then every whatever. A really, really large submarine. Right. A like. restaurant sized submarine. And then they would do that whole dive, dive, dive thing. Yep. And everyone would clap because <laughs> it was fun. You know, yep. remember when things were just <laughs> fun? Yeah. You could just go to a place and have fun and, and have a good time. It has so many bells and whistles. It's like eating in a pinball machine. <laughs> yeah. When you talk about the dive, 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 I'm like, oh my god. Where's your whimsy? You were there. You were there for that. If you didn't get that, you didn't have a good experience at dive. Yeah. Because that was part of the fun. I like On a typical like <laughs> meal. You'd you'd hear at least two. You know, if you got yeah, if you got a third one in, that was a long time, you know. <laughs> and all the bubbles would go up on yep. like the water walls, yep. so you you were diving. It was cool. Yep. The only thing it didn't do was actually move, like oh, shake. It was yeah. it was basically yeah. like yeah. eating. It was basically like eating inside of Star Tours, except mm-hmm. it didn't move at all. <laughs> well, thank God, I would not do well if I was eating right. in a Star Tours. I already I have, have a idea tough about time. This. It said it went out of business in 1999. That's before I moved to California. That's so funny. Oh, is that uh, is that the is new that... Augustus? Oh yeah, that's Gus. Oh. Yeah, he's so cute. Welcome to the world, Augustus. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Born, <laughs> the future, really. It's welcome to the podcast, man. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast. He's fitting in, <laughs> enjoying himself, not freaked out about all the yeah. weird stuff you guys are saying. I feel like he's part of the family. Well, it helps that he doesn't understand a word we're saying. So, <laughs> so we're coming up on sort of the one big, like, there's one sort of big action y scene in this episode, and it's about to happen. Mm-hmm. They. Beverly, uh, the guy, the baddie has revealed that he is going to destroy the Enterprise. Oh, and Beverly Jesus. has said, please don't. My, you know, oh. I, have son, I have a son. Yeah. My son is up on the ship and he's like, I'm sorry, but I'm doing it anyway. Damn. So now they're beaming into the ship using their magic beamer mm. and they're uh, they're going to blow up 
the ship or try to. I thought he said he was she was going to see her son again. That was a lie. Yeah, he's fuck. That's messed up. Yeah, yeah he's get, trying to get what he wanted to get. I that I, that makes me realize I would be a bad revolutionary leader. I just couldn't lie to uh, the people I capture. You know, I, which I think is you might need to sometimes when you're leading um, the revolution. Yeah. And that's sort of his point to Beverly is like, look, this is you have to do terrible things in a war sometimes. Like mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not happy about these things, but I'm doing them because I have a cause to win. Mm-hmm. Oh, but then but then Wesley's going to save the day is what you were saying. No, he already okay. he already did his part. He's basically yeah. done. From here on out, like oh. his his Jordan, thing was Jordan figuring out his thing was figuring out how the magic transporter that they uh, that the other guy that the rebels are using uh, uh, how it works so that they're eventually they're going to be able to counteract uh, the magic transporter. Uh, okay, thanks to Wesley's like brains. But they still have to deal with uh, the explosive on the warped. And... Got to get that bomb off the warp oh. core. Mm-hmm. You can't have that thing going on. We've got a time clock now. Okay. It's, well, that it's was pretty short. To get right he off. Beams, <laughs> yeah, he, it he beams it right out into space. Is, <laughs> it's not really a time a clock because it only poorly that designed time. bomb. Yeah. If it's that easy to remove and send out to space. <laughs> I want these rebels to lose now. They, well, they suck. Don't ha- it's because they only have the one thing, right? Other than the transporter, they are completely outmatched. Like they don't have any technology other than the te- other than the transporter. Yeah. And here they are on the bridge, causing some problems, su- shooting some oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Have we ever seen Jean-Luc no. just flat out with somebody no, like that? No, nah. usually Riker. We should drink for that. Oh, Good oh no. Oh, Jean-Luc's gone. Well, now talk his way out. Jean-Luc and Beverly are together. You share a long, knowing look. A, a long, I see, I'm so happy to see you and I love you look. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, uh-huh. that those are the moments where the loins really get uh, fired up, right? Is it just me? I'm sure they do for you. Is when the lines get fired up. Yeah. Uh, uh, Don't they talk about revolution babies? No? Maybe it's something I When people are rebelling, they have a tendency to want to bone a lot. Yeah. So a lot of babies get born. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Or or, or when when things are just like really uh, chaotic and un- uncertain, you know, like you're just, you don't know if like you'll live till tomorrow. Then, then people like have, have um, just, they, they lose their inhibition. They're like, fuck it, let's do it. Patrick Stewart and Gates McFadden are both really, really good in this scene. Like just like trying to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to get out of this. They're both, I just thought this was a really good scene between the two of them. They have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. They have a good. They have a good. They argue as as kind of equals in in the scene too. Yeah, exactly. Like he's like, I should have beamed you up, and she's like, you can't beam me up without oh. my permission. And now he's complimenting yeah. Wesley. Yeah. yeah, that's the well, first nice thing he's ever said in his entire life yeah. about Wesley. <laughs> Did he just oh. roll his eyes? I don't know. What was he's that? like, it's okay. <laughs> 
he gets embarrassed when people compliment him, you know? Yeah, okay. I mean, they do, uh, in in this light, too, they also look, you know what? Maybe it's not the lighting. Maybe it's me. No, I think you're right. I mean, like we said, it's this is when the show kind of feels yeah. like itself, you know? It, mm-hmm. The way it looks and... They've got her wig situation figured out. Like her hair is, yeah. her hair is good. Wig like, situation. It's all good. It's all good from this point on. Uh, but speaking of some times when it was not so good, mm-hmm. how would you guys feel about a corrections corner? Yeah, love it. <laughs> Sean's love excited. It. Yeah, Jake, play the jingle. These are corrections from episode 112, The Last Ooh. Outpost. That sounds way back when. Aaron, you'll recall The Last <laughs> Outpost. It was the very first episode where we saw the Ferengi. Yes. Oh, right. Do you okay. remember, can you tell me any fact about <laughs> the Ferengi? Yes, Ooh. do it. You can do uh, it, Aaron. Uh, they have a strange appearance. <laughs> Nice. Well done. Uh, yes, but yes. that's pretty vague. Can you be any <laughs> more specific than that? Yeah, show your work. Uh, <laughs> I know there's one part that you remember. Give me a, a teaser. They they have one very prominent uh, facial feature. I think more than one. <laughs> but, yeah, but know. there's the main They're one. They're known for having an exceptionally large something on their face. <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many things on a face. Take a yeah. guess. Yeah, there's not. There are so few choices. Um, not ear- from your dreams. Face loins. Ears. Did you say ears? Yeah. Yeah, that's what she said. Oh, yeah, ears. But do you ears. remember the nice headdresses that they wear? I thought you might remember the headdresses that they wear. They have. They have mm-hmm. big, huge ears. Uh, yeah. And they're very greedy. That's their other sort of. Yeah, they act cartoonish. Mm. And that first episode, it's like they're super, super racist too. Right. It's sort of, yeah, it's uh It's sort of a I'll Jewish. Post a I'll post a picture of a Ferengi into the chat real quick so you can remind yourself of what they look like. They've also got those teeth. Those yeah. They yeah, they do have, yeah, they do have jagged teeth. So anyway, Last Outpost was the first appearance of the Ferengi. It was also... Our first quarantine episode. Uh, it was the first time we were recording uh, remotely. Wow. So we were all very sort of like, what's yeah. this going to be like? How is this going to work? It was all downhill from there. <laughs> and here we are a year later. <laughs> yes. And well, this is something like episode 175. Still complaining about the audio quality. Uh, Still happy. <laughs> well, it's hard. It's uh, Online is not. I, I'm surprised. 21st century. Come on, guys. Come on, Google tech. Let's solve this for crying out loud. Shouldn't be this hard. Uh, Philippe and Aaron had just watched a movie uh, on Amazon Prime called Summer Camp. Yeah. He was talking about, uh, I I don't know why. I don't know why, but he was talking about Aaron and Philippe uh, having sex with each other. And they they mentioned that they had watched this movie Summer Camp, which is sort of a late 70s TNA kind of Yeah, it's good, right, Sean? Softcore. Yeah, I was going to ask because so, so, people said, oh, we'll watch it. I was just curious I did. if anybody. I watched it. I watched it. And what did it's you think? Great. 
it was, you know, it was funny. It was pretty goofy. Doesn't sound like you can tell it's like it's like just just a step above porn. Right. And the guy guy who who directed normally do porn, not doing porn. Yeah, and the guy who directed it, uh, Philippe mentioned this in the episode. The the guy who directed it directs directed porn. Like this was the life romp. This was one of his rare, like non porn uh, productions. He was being artistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, sure. did you uh, remember enjoying it? Uh, were you titillated? It's funny. It was like fun. Nice. It was a good movie. Was I was not I, expecting to find I wrote, that. I wrote this down because I thought it was funny. Aaron called it, and this is a direct quote, a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Well, I don't know if I'll go that far, but it's pretty good. It's the only other- a dollar. It's only a dollar ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Oh, right now, now they charge it? for it. Yeah, it was it free. Two dollars. Come on. Uh, did it get you in the mood to bone? It was a good time. <laughs> Very sex positive that film. Yes. Yeah. The I looked at the poster. They're just having a good time at camp. Everyone's just having a good time. Yeah. It's just silliness. Seventies silliness. What's this movie account? What, when the, you- the tagline on the poster says panty raids short sheets yes food fights and then yeah. underneath that it says after lights out it's gross out <laughs> <laughs> no wonder philippe likes it it was great <laughs> i wish there were more movies like it uh was it gross though no okay wow. silly it's a bad tagline it doesn't rhyme yeah. and yeah. You want like you want something that sounds sexy, not yeah, something right. really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Wait, is it a horror? Has a horror element? No. 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 Oh, that totally makes There's me think. No. It's camp. just goofy comedy. It's a, it's a summer camp reunion where they all just go and hook up. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that is a terrible tagline. Agreed. It's Porky's, right? It's just a yeah. Porky kind of misleading. More meatballs. We should rewrite say. their tagline. What was the start after lights out? Hmm. So then something, something. Okay. I don't know. Start I think I would start. Out. I think I would start from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uninspired. Yeah. Uh, the same setup. I mentioned that there was a book uh, about uh, Captain Picard's management style that some people had written a, a, a leadership book for like businessmen uh about Patrick about Captain Picard being a good manager of people. I couldn't remember what it's called. It's called Make It So Leadership Lessons from Star Trek The Next Generation. It's written by Wes Roberts PhD and Bill Ross. Oh, no, when they put PhD in their title, that's not a good sign. Go on. Um so anyway, like I said, it's just one of those books that's like, you can learn how to be a good leader by watching Star Trek. Is it only focused on Picard? Yeah, it's all about Picard. Um, but they it turns out that one of these guys wrote another book that I, I guess was also a management type book. So on the back of Make It So, it says, from the million copy best-selling author of Leadership Secrets of blank. Mm. Mm. Who do you think the blank is? This guy wrote a book about Picard. Then he, but he had already written a a leadership book about another person 
a real world from the best selling author of Leadership Secrets of Blank. Is it a fictitious person? Fill in the blank. No, I think no, it's it's a a real person. person. Uh, I want to say Bill Clinton. When was it written? Uh, this Make It So was written, I don't know, when the show was on, so like in the 90s. So that the first book was written in like the 80s. It is a historical figure. Mm-hmm. It is somebody who is as far away from Patrick, from John Luke Picard as a manager as you could possibly imagine. Genghis Khan. Is You're it- so close. It's Attila the Hunt. From the author of Leadership Secrets of Attila the Hun (laughs) comes Make It So, Leadership Secrets from Jean-Luc Picard. People are just desperate at the airport bookstore. (laughs) Two people who have very different management styles. Yeah, I would say. Attila the Hun? I mean, how do you apply that? It's Wanna like Attila the Hun or Okay, for, first rule of business. Uh, if you if you have a competitor in the office, marry your marry one of your daughters to him. <laughs> and have that daughter or, betray them so that you can then the daughter take over the, the father. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny that those were the two books that guy had written. Wow. Um, I talked about how I thought the when they when they upgraded this show to Blu-ray, I th- I think I said that they had not redone the effects. That was wrong. They did redo the yeah. the visual effects. Okay. They it to high depth. All the outside stuff. Yeah. All the space yeah. Stuff. I think it's more contemporary uh, than yeah. Yeah. War finally manages to beat somebody just now without getting yeah. his ass kicked, which is. Nice for him. We talked about Chinese finger traps. And Jake said that he thought that that was racist and that we don't call them Chinese. (laughs) Oh, really? Anymore. So I looked and we couldn't and we didn't know what the origin of the of the Chinese finger trap was. So I did a little bit of research. I guess you can call them uh, finger cuffs. Yeah. So you don't really need to. You can just sort of leave the Chinese, Drop the Chinese. off of it and just call them uh, finger, finger cuffs. cuffs. Huh. There is some uh, some dispute over where these things come from. Some of the places I looked said China? that they were yes, yeah. Some of the places said that in the sixth century uh, in China, the emperor used them as a way to sort of test people's uh intelligence and people who people who got angry and got stuck were considered like not good to be advisors to the emperor but then a bunch of people a bunch of the other places say that it was invented by a guy named joseph d'antoni of queens new york so they're you know conflicting reports love it about where this thing comes from finger cuffs not chinese finger traps thank you very much um somebody referred to yankee traders may said is that racist yankee traders i don't think it is because yankees are always like white people so unless you're being like racist against white people then i don't think it's that racist you can't be racist against white people it's hard to be racist against the ruling the ruling class right do you know what a, what is a yankee trader mean does anybody know you describe somebody as a yankee trader what are you saying about them uh they're from the north we we tried to talk about that during that episode right it was like 
something to do with a like a duplicitous business yeah i don't know if duplicitous but like shrewd like okay yankee traders are supposed to be like just very good you know smart yeah just very like smart uh clever business business people yeah my mama wouldn't call me one then Mm. yeah um me neither sean said uh Rest in peace, Cloris Leachman. And at the time, we pointed out to him that Cloris Leachman was still alive, which she was when we recorded that. <laughs> uh, but she now she is no longer with us. Oh she my died. God! What did you do? What have you caused done? It. I caused it. Yeah, your fault. She died. She was alive, and then Sean said R.I.P., and then she died. So, uh, think of it what you will. Uh, any more predictions, Sean? Sequence equals correlation. Equals <laughs> causation. My mouth shut now. Thank God. She died in January at age ninety-four of well, COVID. I'm sure we oh, went really? over her in a poor one after the homies, but no. R.I.P. Cloris Leachman. I mean that's that's a long time to live. Ninety four is quite a quite a legacy. It was COVID. Yeah, it was a COVID related whatever. That's unfortunate. That's sad. Had five six more years. Come on, people, get vaccinated. And that's the end of Corrections Corner for this week. Well done. Nice. Of the episode. Beautiful, elegant. (laughs) I have a question for the women of Warped because in that episode, the guy, the rebel leader, gave to Dr. Crusher some drawings of her. How would you feel if, like, a rebel leader gave you drawings of you? Or even just a. Funny you ask, this has happened to me before. (laughs) Uh Oh, really? You had had gotten, like, illustrations of yourself? (laughs) I'm just playing. Oh. Had he killed children or no? <laughs> what that you don't know is that action. Philippe is a rebel fighter and the, <laughs> and he's drawn her before. Yeah. Like the she French girls. Him, she tells him exactly. They play Titanic. <laughs> I like to pretend to be the old lady in Titanic and throw <laughs> her stuff away. Throws the, the jewel away. Like, is, that what, is that what gets crazy. Philippe going? Yeah. Oh, he's into some kinky sure. shit. <laughs> Well, well no. on that note, jeez, um... <laughs> Louise. <laughs> it's what gets me. Thank going. God, thank God, the episode ended, and I can just yeah. cut all of this out. out. Like, <laughs> no, you won't, though. It's I'll good. Keep it in, double it. Yeah. We'll hear the light of day. Thank you all very much for listening to Warped, the completely unnecessary Star Trek podcast. You can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can email us at warpthepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at warpedthepodcast. Buy our merch at Lunar Flare. We are on Twitter at Warped Trek. You can follow me on tre- on Twitter at Host Warped. Follow Min to learn about our Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu live streams uh, and podcasts at Wet Maynard. Mm-hmm. Most important, you can go to patreon.com slash warped, become a subscriber, get access to additional material and bonus episodes. You guys, it's a Q episode next week. Are we ready? Yeah, it's a it's a blockbuster of an episode, man. I'm looking forward to it. Aaron, will you be uh, moderating the episode next week? Yeah. Because it's the sure. episode. So there's that to well, look for you as there well. You go. 
Join us next week for Deja Q. Until then, my name's Matt. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Jake. Aaron. Minwin. I'm A. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Yay. That's nice. right. We got Whoopi Watch going off, right? Yeah. Whoopi Watch next week. Whoopi Watch. <laughs>